you have this this boost of energy, this boost of confidence, um, and you feel better about yourself, and that will that will lead to better interactions, better performances, and just uh, all around better you. Hey friends, this is Austin, and welcome back to another episode of Gritty and Curious. Gritty and Curious is a podcast that showcases Gritty and Curious ideas and people. In today's episode, I talk with John King about his clothing brand, Spicy Wear. John and I grew up together in Freehold. We played travel basketball together when we were little, and now he is running his own clothing business called Spicy Wear. His ultimate goal is to help people build their confidence through clothing. Anyways, I'm super excited to share this episode with you all. But first, if you enjoy this episode, you'd be the best if you subscribed, followed, left a rating, and wrote a quick review. By doing these things, you let me know that you're listening and it inspires me to keep creating. So thank you. In this episode, we talk about what is Spicy Bear, how do you start a clothing brand, what did he learn along the way, what is it like running a business in college. He started this business while in school as a full-time student. So it's super interesting to learn about that as well. We talk about business strategy, how his business was affected by COVID-19, and so, so much more. But And we even talk about his first experience starting a clothing brand in high school called King Clothing. So look out for that as well. I had no idea that he'd started that. But everybody has their beginnings, and he definitely learned a lot of stuff along the way. So that's what I'm really excited to – that's why I'm really excited to share this episode with you all. But anyway, let's get into it. What is Spicy Wear? Spicy Wear is a premium lifestyle clothing brand that uh, provides a large, large assortment of products ranging from formal wear, swimwear, underwear, uh, a diverse set of products, and I'm constantly growing it. So what is your mission with Spicy Wear? I, I read your mission on your website, but I kind of want to get your perspective because it's something that, you know, is changing as you, as you grow. So what is your mission? My mission is to really enhance people's confidence through, through clothing. You know, when you wear spicy wear, I want you to feel better about yourself. I want you to have this, this boost of, of confidence, you know, that, that trickles down to to how you perform how you act and i think it's really empowering i think your confidence is super important to who you are and without it i don't think you can really accomplish something great you know when you limit your your confidence you're limiting your ability to be the best you can be so i want to enhance that confidence through clothing through spicy wear um and that's my mission. That's what I try to do in all my designs. Spicy is a look that combines sharp, fresh, and sexy. And I think when you when you look sharp, fresh, and sexy and feel that way, you have this, this boost of energy, this boost of confidence, um, and you feel better about yourself. And that will, that will lead to better interactions, better performances, and just uh, all around better you. That's, that's really my mission, to just improve. Um, other customers, other uh, people. 100%. You know, look good, feel good, play good. I remember, yeah. like, I played freshman basketball, and one of our biggest things, like, that's what our coach would tell us. He'd be like, 
look good, feel good, play good. And we'd always have one kid. I remember you were a, you were a headband guy when yeah. we played, like when we were really little. And um, yeah, we had we had one kid that would wear a headband. And he would he would embrace that man. Like he would just be like, you know, that's that was his trademark. So I definitely understand what you mean by you know it. Fashion is a, a confidence booster for sure. So the next thing I want to talk about is how do you settle on the name Spicy Wear? So in high school, I always said spicy and I said it as a look. You know, I would say it, um, you know, I'd say that girl's spicy, you know, this outfit's spicy. And the more I started to say it, the more I heard other people start to say it too in the same context that I was using it as. So I knew I had something going. There was... Uh, people were using spicy as a look and then I started to hear it um, in a couple different songs Drake says it in a song um, then you'll hear Cardi B say it in a song a bunch of other artists start to say it in a song as a look and then well before kind of more and more people started to say it, I started spicy where and I, I define the look, like I said before, it's a combination of sharp, fresh, and sexy. Um, but it's really more than that. It's it's more of a, it's a feeling, you know, like I said, you know, looking that way, boosts your confidence, makes you feel some type of way. Um, so, yeah, that's what, that's why it's called spicy wear. You know, wear spicy, look spicy, spicy wear. I love it. I needed the backstory a little bit. Because like, I, I like the name, but I wanted to know why. Yeah, no, it was just something that I always said. And the more I said it, um, the more it became just like the new, the new hot. It was just something that people wanted to look like. People wanted to look spicy. So I was like, uh, I got something. This is my word. And now I, now I got to make it bigger than just a word I gotta I gotta brand it into something um, you know that that people can wear and that represents something bigger so you had this idea and this name spicy and you have this mm-hmm. feeling that's associated with it it's used to describe what people look like what you're dressed as maybe even how you're feeling at a certain time how did you settle on clothing and fashion to kind of evoke that specific trait yeah so i always wanted to start a clothing brand actually in high school around the time when i was saying spicy i started another clothing brand called king clothing company and you know just just super naive to the process um of building a brand and just being a kid you don't know what it takes um and you know king is king clothing or kind of in that area is trademarked so it kind of wouldn't work out and it died out very fast i didn't have the money to invest in at all but i had just the designs and people actually wanted it i just couldn't produce i produced one and then i was just like i can't do this you know it just wouldn't work so i always wanted to start a clothing brand and i'm I love clothes. Um, I love how a brand can be more 
and really impact someone like like uh, a Nike does, you know, like uh, like any big brand, uh, Ralph Lauren, um, like uh, Tommy Hilfiger, all these brands, they bring some some type of feeling to you. It's it's more than clothing, and I and I love that. So that's how I really got invested into it, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go at it again. I I recognized kind of my faults when I, even in that short period when I started King Clothing Company. I just saw the the pitfalls and the things that, you know, I was creating the website before I had actual product. And I was, you know, you just got to go about things the right way. Even when you have the ideas, it's like, you know, a, a chess match. You got to do one thing before you can do, do another thing. You know, you got to, but, and you have to have things in line of what you kind of want to do, but you got to hit the things before. Um, so I always wanted to be involved with clothing and that's why I did it. So you've definitely learned a lot from King Clothing to yeah. Spicy. What what did you learn and how did you improve from high school until where you are now? I learned that it's not going to happen overnight. You have to take it slow. You have to be very calculated in what you want to do. Things have to be planned out. Um, strip like strategy is is key in business. You need to have a strong business strategy, or your business has no direction. And that's I didn't have any when I started King Clothing Company. I just had ideas. I had I had kind of this want to start something but no direction to where it's going to go and one of the the big things was just just that just that vision of where I want to take it and and then that it's not going to happen fast and I got to be very calculated and um, methodical on where what I do and how I do it and that was really that was the really big thing I, I didn't learn a, a lot of the the small things with you know calculating my margins or doing inventory or different things like that, but that that was that's a huge part of it is that you need to you really need to have a passion and a direction and and a vision for where you want to go and take it step by step day by day and you know, try to get closer to that vision, but you you can't just go at it blindly. Yeah, for sure. So if someone wanted to launch their own clothing brand, what are the first steps? The first steps are have an idea, you know, draw out something, have a, have a logo. There's There's a lot of different ways to go about it. The simplest way and the way I started, if you don't have kind of the start of money, if you want if you want to be a big brand, which is what I want, you need to have, you know, if you really want to be in it, at least at least 10K up front. If you want to just get involved and continue to build, which is what I did, because when you don't you don't have that money, um, you have to you have to go about it a wholesaling direction, where 
you know, start at your, your local print shop or you place an order online, which is how I started. I placed an order online. Um, you know, have your logo, place an order online, get some samples in, test them out, see what your audience likes and dislikes about them. Then go back to the drawing board, fix them up, um, and then you continually build that way. I know that approach, and now I'm getting into the other direction where that where that big upfront cost comes into play, and that's really going kind of private label. Everything is custom made. Wholesaling is more. It's not bad, you know. I still do it. I'm still going to do it. Um, but you're getting kind of a, a cut that isn't a cut of a shirt or a product that isn't custom made to your, you know, you're not, you're not doing any um, measurements on it. You're not um, communicating directly with a manufacturer. You're getting in a product and you're decorating it basically. Um, and that's, that's an easy way to, to start. And I think everybody should start out that way because investing that money up front when you have no background of how well it's going to do uh, is extremely tough. And especially if you have no experience in kind of the fashion world or how trends in um, style and launches and things like that work. So that's the that's what I would say to go about it. You know, get your logo, really be passionate about it, create the story behind it or have a story behind it and that will that will lead you in the right direction you know have your have your mission and vision statement down and and then go about it where where that mission and vision statement are taking you so basically just to reiterate if someone wants to launch their own clothing brand you need a logo you need to have some sort of cash you got to place an order you got to see what your audience audience likes and dislikes and you have to iterate on that and then you can branch off to, into private labeling and custom fits so before we were talking about wholesale and private labeling what has the transition been like for you the transition has it's been it's been interesting. Uh, this past year was really a big move because um, it's not it's not easy. You know, you have to. It's a totally different thing from decorating a product to making it from scratch, basically based on how you want it. So first, you have to um, you have to have the design. You have to you are the designer now. You have to draw out this design, make the mock-up. Then you have to say, wh wh where am I going to manufacture this? Who is going to manufacture this? And you don't want to settle for a bad manufacturer or someone who's not reliable. And you obviously want to get the right cost. And you have to make sure that your MOQ, minimal order quantity, is something that you are going to hit because you don't want to just have inventory that you can't sell. It's going to be dead. You're going to lose money. You need to, so you need to understand that. Then you kind of, before you, you're going into that, you need to have where your kind of distribution channels are going to be. If you are just going to, um, 
sell it directly through your website that you, you definitely need to. But now are you also getting to, you're going to go into stores. Who are those stores going to be? Um, so it's a big transition. It takes a lot of planning and it's kind of hard to balance that whole process in with a whole nother direction in the kind of the wholesaling aspect and what I was talking about before. So it's been, it's been interesting, but I'm, I'm happy that I kind of started the process. I had it on my, my notes since last, last December, I had it in my room. I, when I came back home on Christmas break, I said, find a manufacturer. Cause I knew that's what I was going to have to do. And it was funny because then, then the summer came around and I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I have it. Maybe I have the money now. Um, I really, what I still wasn't focused on it. And I called this guy. I did a lot of research. I, I, I have manufacturers kind of contact me through Instagram, but you don't know how reliable they are. There's kind of a communication uh, disconnect, whether depending on who you're talking to, you, you could be talking to someone in China, Pakistan, um, India. So the time difference is off, communication is off. Um, that's another thing with finding the manufacturer. If you're trying to give them a design that you want to have perfect and the communication is off, it's not going to come out how you want it. So finding someone in the U.S. that I could talk to was kind of crucial. And this past summer, I called this guy after doing research and we were talking and, and I was like, and he said a number and a quantity and everything like that. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't know if I can, I can hit that right now, you know, and I, I, I put it off and that summer I did really, I did really well. Um, and then then I came back around again around November and I started, I started looking and it was funny because I called the same guy without even realizing. And, you know, he said, he said a number again and I was like, you know what, let, let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take this, like be a hundred percent invested into it. Cause this is what I want to do. And in order to take it to the next level, I think this is what you have to do in order to take it to the next level. And I was able to do it. And it's, it's a process, you know, you have to go through, you have to talk, you have to discuss, you have to negotiate, you have to come down to the prices, you have to get your designs down. Like I said, then the whole sampling process, because you get the product in and now if they're, maybe they do the cuts and everything how you want it but if there's something that's a little bit off um or you want to change a design because it doesn't it doesn't look the way you expected it or something like that so when i got i placed the order around january and i got the samples in i would say february ish and you know made some critiques design changes and then you then once you have them you have to talk to him tell him that you know this is what needs to be fixed send them back he fixes them and it's it's a process it takes a while and you know I, 
it really sucks because this virus hit at a bad time. I was supposed to have the MNR already final product done and, you know, Columbia's in quarantine. They, they had it set and they can't, you know, they can't produce anything and it got pushed back again. So now you just got to deal with it. You got to sit back, relax and, you know, wait. And when it comes in, then I'll be ready to go. But, you know, it's, it's a process. It was, it's a journey. It's, it's all learning. You know, if I don't, if I don't ever make this move, then I'm, I don't ever uh, learn, you know, everything is a risk with this investment, but it's what you have to do. I know that I'm going to learn from it. If you never take that risk, you're never going to learn. So I learned a lot from this whole entire process. And next time it's going to go much smoothly. You can't expect anything to go perfect the first time. And that's another thing that I learned with being an entrepreneur. The first time you do anything, it's not going to be perfect, you know, but you've got to take that leap. Um, the net will appear and just got to keep going to it. Yeah, it's crazy. I actually started in app like sophomore year and I had the same like problems with you in terms of finding a wholesaler because there was lots of, I had this idea, I raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter and I had a bunch of developers, like freelance developers contacting me from random countries at weird times and sending like crazy emails that like I didn't even know what they were saying yeah. and communication is a disaster. And I ended yeah, up... You don't, know, you don't know what to believe and you don't want to get, you know, scanned. Exactly. And you, you just, you, I mean, I'm sure you did your research. There's people get scammed all the time with these things, like with guys from different countries and it's, it's tough. Like you really got to do your due diligence and do your research. And it's just, it's crazy out there. Yeah. Because say you do get scammed and you might get that money back or you still, and you, even if you do get the money back, there's going to be a delay in getting that money back. So when they're, when that delay or that delay, you can't even make that, that next investment, um, to, you know, to someone reliable because you just made this investment and now you just lost all this money. So it's tough. You got, you, like you said, you got to do your due diligence. Yeah, 100%. So you touched on it before, but I kind of want to transition into what it means to be an entrepreneur and kind of talk about the different traits that make good entrepreneurs and kind of what you need to do to prepare yourself to take those risks, prepare your mindset for the challenges that are to come when you take on this role as an entrepreneur. So the first question I want to ask you is, what traits are critical to being a successful entrepreneur? I think there's a lot of traits. You need you need passion, you need determination, you need faith in in the process. I think it'll be very tough if you start something without having faith in it, and it's going to be very tough to um, move forward when things don't go according to plan. Um, if you ever lose money and you don't have faith in what you want to do, then you're you're gonna you're gonna give in. You're gonna quit. 
So you really need to prepare yourself. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially younger ones, don't understand how how hard it is or what they're taking on. When you're an entrepreneur, you, you're the CEO. No one's telling you what to do. So the workload is 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 a lot and if it's not a lot you need to find the things to do you know you are finding you need to find things to do um so it just takes a lot of of grit just continuing to to push and get closer to your vision like i said before it doesn't happen overnight so you need to you know the faith combined with just on like this determination will will help i think those are very important to being an entrepreneur so you mentioned you have to be passionate you have to have determination there's going to be a lot of risks it's going to be a ton of work and you just got to be gritty you just got to you know if there's if you find yourself standing still you're probably doing something wrong Exactly. Exactly. So, so the next thing I want to I want to talk about is, you know, something that you mentioned before. What is it like operating a business during COVID nineteen? It's definitely affected you. It's affected everyone around us. But how has it affected your business? Um, it it affected production. It's affecting shipments of new products coming in. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it slows down consumer, it slows down everything. Um, consumer confidence isn't, isn't high. So it's hard. It's, it's hard because if you want to sell something to someone, especially with the virus going on and you know, people aren't, you know, they're getting affected by it too. It's, it's hard to sell to them because you, you kind of feel bad. Um, so it's, it's tough, but you just got to make the adjustment. You know, like there's some other ways to go about it. I'm going back to the wholesale side and, you know, trying to make adjustments. Um, but it's tough. It slows, it slows down production shipments, but there's there's not much you can do. You just gotta kind of make those adjustments and, and do the best you can. I try to instill confidence in my customers. I can't. I'm not gonna seem down because it's not it's not a really affecting my morale. Um, so I just have to kind of present this confidence in people and hopefully they feel a sense of confidence to, to buy things. But that's, that's the big adjustment is with all this going on, still trying to be confident, um, and make my, make my customers and my followers and everyone just feel, feel okay to, to shop and that everything is going to be better eventually. Yeah. It's so tough. I mean, I can't imagine right now is it's tough because you, you know, you built this thing and you had a plan in place. You know, you talked about before you had a, you have, a, it's critical. You have to have a strategy and then something comes through and just steamrolls your strategy. 
Yeah, no one, no one plans for something like this. And I, I mentioned it before to you. I had this strategy and I had it planned out for timed after graduation. And no one, no one plans for something like this. So the strategy has, has to shift. And then once it's over, it's got to shift back again. Um, but I'm not going to to stop production or or stop posting or or stop doing anything. You gotta you gotta switch strategies and you just gotta keep going. So I kind of want to go back to how you built your brand from the ground up. And one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, how did you settle on a luxury brand? Um, so I feel like if to, to really, I don't know how to word this, um, a luxury brand, I think really will give you just this, this boost in confidence, like no other brand. I don't, I wouldn't say my brand is I don't know if I would call my brand luxury. I don't I don't really classify it as anything but a premium lifestyle brand. So some items are luxury, some items aren't um, as luxury. They're very um, they're varied. Um, what was the second part of the question? No, that was it. It was just, you know, you mentioned some things like are are luxury, others are others are not. I was just asking, like how do you how do you kind of settle on the what your audience want it to be? Because like when you're building a product, obviously you have to think about who who you're trying to serve. You know, you're trying to solve a problem, and with spicy, you're trying to give people that confidence that fashion can do. So I guess what was that? process like in terms of like okay this is what my audience is this is what my brand is or this is my brand is this is the audience that I can serve and then kind of just piecing those two things together yeah I think my audience is constantly changing uh, when I when I first started I, I'm not focused about I'm not focused on oh I need to be luxury right now because my brand I couldn't afford to be a luxury brand when I started but my goal was to to build it up and continually add value to the product and i'm still adding value to it like i mentioned before i didn't i don't had i didn't have the startup cost to make it a the brand in the right direction exactly how i wanted it to be i'm continually trying to add value and make it a better product all around and some products are are more more luxury than others. I wouldn't say any any are you know, cheap. Um, that's definitely I, I pride myself in providing quality goods. But my focus from the start was to just have a product, and over time, you know, the price rises as you add value to it. So, you know, the, a T-shirt that I that I had initially was probably around fifteen dollars, and once I continually add value to it, the price will go up and it, it makes it, you know, as you said, like more luxury, it makes it a better product and 
better quality. I'm always investing and improving on the quality because with quality comes price. So I know that I will get it to this, the, the, uh, the, where the quality needs to be. And it, and it is getting there. Well, I think with the swimsuits going private label, you are determining the quality with wholesaling. You're not really determining the quality. You have some sort of control over it, but not a hundred percent. So it takes time. I think if from the start, if you are just getting into it, you're not going to, you're not going to have it in the exact direction or you can't, you can't be super niche to a luxury audience. Um, your audience is going to change and grow with your brand over time and with how you want to take it, you know, you could, you could stay kind of, um, you know, traditional priced and keep it that way. Or you could have a bigger vision and want to make it more luxury, higher price. And I think that's where I want to take it because with higher price comes higher quality, uh, longevity in the product. And I think consumers want that. They want something quality that's not going to rip, tear, um, have the threads loose. So that's where I want to take it and, and just be an all-around quality uh, brand. I don't want any any problems. Yeah, I think that's definitely the direction that the market is going in. And I'm not like a fashion expert at all. I'm not super into fashion, but I have a lot of friends that, you know, we were living in New York City this summer and we would go to we'd go shopping like every weekend to go check out like different places. And I think that people, there's definitely a trend towards people investing in products that last and not even just clothing, just products that last as opposed to something that you're going to use once and you're going to throw away. Like there's people want quality stuff now, whether that means like what they're wearing, um, what they're eating. Like there's definitely a trend towards quality. Yeah, definitely. So another thing that that I'm interested in is like I see you on on Instagram on I checked out your website your Facebook what's your what's your like social media like marketing strategy like do you have a specific post you post on certain days or like how do you approach that kind of that part of your business Yeah my my Instagram strategy really really helped from I really started it probably junior year and you know there's there's a bunch of different tactics um you know posting at certain times you know the hashtags that you use you know it takes a lot of research you know there's there's certain things where say I had someone shout me out shout me out on their on their story or a post or something you know going through all their likes and and liking those posts or following certain people if they are in kind of my niche and I think they they would like spicy wear so I could at at one point I could look at someone's profile and and say like okay this person is going to is going to like spicy wear. I, I just knew it and I, I would follow them and they would follow me back. And 
as you could see, my follow to follow ratio is pretty even. It was it was uneven at one point with me following more people. I just didn't really care about it. I knew that if I posted good content, which is the most crucial, you need to be providing value in your content, that if I do that and I like someone's post or I follow someone and they see it, that if they like the content, they'll follow me back. If they don't, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to keep posting content, keep providing value. I think that's, that is the most important thing above all else is making a connection with your followers on some type of level. And I, and I see it, you know, my strategy is constantly changing. I'm always trying to learn and critique it and kind of test different things out and also kind of invest in providing better quality video. I don't know if you saw a couple posts ago. Um, I, uh, posted with like kind of a new, almost like a Gary Vee type, uh, video. And I'm trying to find the different things that work and hit with my followers. It, it takes time, but it, it takes consistency and, you know, just identifying what your, your audience likes. Everybody's audience is different. And in, in captions, everybody's different. You could post a short caption and it hits and I could post a short caption and it gets zero. It, it doesn't get a lot of likes, you know, it's, it's very different. You got to find what works for you. Um, but being consistent and providing, um, value in your content is crucial. Yeah. The, so the social media world is like, there's, there's so much stuff to learn out there and there's so many people telling you to do this and do that. And like, I'm sure you've seen it. Like there's, you see ads all the time, like, oh, you got to be doing this to get this follower. This is the formula yeah. to, to gain this. And like, in the end, it's, it's trial and error. And like you said, you know, you're, you experiment with different posts. You mentioned you, you tried to, you tried like a Gary V style video and I love Gary V. Like I like his videos. He always draws me in. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm looking at. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but the thing is, it's, it's tough because you know, I posted that video with that same background and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to do well just because the setup, I got 89 likes. That's probably one of my lowest liked posts. And, and it, it couldn't, it, it might not be just the background, but you know, maybe it was obviously how I talked and your, your kind of approach to the video. So you got to be kind of testing that out. There's been periods where my growth has been very well, uh, growing at a very consistent rate, and then it just dies off. You know, some things that worked last quarter won't work this quarter. It's that's just how it is. People people change, their likes change. New new kind of I think Instagram changes a lot in how they and how they show people maybe on their on the Discover pages and different things like that. And sometimes you're just not getting the same engagement. And there, there was a period where I wasn't getting the same engagement that I was. And I was like, what's going on? And you got to adjust to it and you got to find the content that will maybe hit with the algorithm a better, uh, a little bit better or just hit with your customers better. It's, 
it takes a lot of trial and error, but you you have to stay consistent. Um, and just think, whenever you post, just why do why should these people care? And um, that will maybe guide your caption or guide the the reason to the post. So, and it's tough sometimes because some you'll see it's weird because sometimes I'll see stupid stuff hit um, and do well, and then then other times it it doesn't work. So it it, it takes a lot of trial and error. You gotta you gotta be really kind of got to have your eyes open to what works and what doesn't and just continue to go at it that's really it it's, it's those instagram guys changing the algorithm every two seconds yeah <laughs> so have you have you experimented with tiktok yet yeah i uh actually posted a video of a commercial that i didn't release for the the swim line yet just a little clip and it got 76 uh, K views and like 700 likes. So, but the thing is with TikTok, you can post something like that. It does well. And then the next one, you got a hundred. So it's, it's tough. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I'm getting there. TikTok, every, every platform has their own strategy and uniqueness to it so to really get the full engagement out of it so i'm still trying to figure it out um but one of the things that i i noticed with tiktok is that the comment section is huge i don't know why but people love to comment and i posted a comment on this girl's page got a hundred likes you know that's a hundred more people noticing spicy wear so it's it's very weird. You would never get that from Instagram. You would never get that from Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, so you got you got to figure out what works and what doesn't, and how to capitalize on all the different opportunities that these platforms bring. There's a lot of kind of little like loopholes or tricks, like commenting on people's pages is a little trick that I bet you a lot of people don't do or see it as a big Thing with TikTok that they could easily get followers or likes or views or impressions or whatever the case may be, but um, so that's what I'm I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, this stuff is like changing all the time, and there's guys like Gary V and and other social media guys that are always talking about, you know, you have to change your strategy, you have to find the next best thing. But something I want to ask you is. You know, even though things are changing, what has been your number one marketing channel? Like, what what drives the most sales for you? Instagram. Instagram right now has been driving the most uh, sales. It's I don't know why. Uh, well, I I just feel like I tell my story the most effective through through Instagram. It's that my audience on there is closest to my age. I think that when whenever I tell my story about Spicy Wear, my vision, where I want to take it, kind of the hardships that I went through, people resonate with it. And, you know, with the stories and with the posts, it's just been the most effective tool to, to tell it. 
and that's what I've seen do well. I, I'm on, I'm on every like platform, um, but the most aggressive on Facebook. But I think, I think over time it'll change. Um, TikTok being something that I'm always keeping my eye on, um, because it, it's it's all about just how are you best communicating your product, your story. Um, so, yeah, Instagram has been the one that's been able to do that the best so far. Yeah, it definitely seems like, in terms of fashion at least, like most of my friends that are really into fashion, they're, they're on Instagram, they follow a bunch of different brands, and that's just kind of where these people hang out. So we talked about this a little bit, but, you know, we talked about the number one thing about social media is putting out quality content, number one, and then number two, making sure that value, that you're adding value to your content. What is, what does that mean? You know, you're adding, you're adding value. It's very ambiguous. You hear it all the time, but what is adding value? Value is providing something that people, people want, want to hear, something that they might not know, they might need clarification on, they might, it motivates them, it, you know, it inspires them, it, it's something that, it is ambiguous, it, it's, it's tough to define, it's, I, I try to provide value in, you know, in my motivation, uh, inspiring people, maybe telling them about the fashion world, something that they don't know. It's giving them a piece of information that, that just brings out, I don't know, I was going to say bring out some type of value, but it, it's hard to define. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it is hard. It's ambiguous. It's, you're adding value in, the way you present yourself, you're adding value in your personal brand, you're adding value through the brand that you built with with Spicy. And that's kind of something I, I also want to talk about is, you know, as you're building Spicywear, you're also building your your personal brand. You know, on, on social media, you're, you're Spicy John. And that is, I mean, it's, it's super clever because anybody that's interacting with you is familiarizing themselves with the brand and, and you're instantly curious to learn more about you know, what is this guy he calls himself spicy john like what is this brand yeah. so how do you balance your personal brand with spicy wear yeah so that was actually one of my strategies junior year was to build up my personal brand i've seen it work you know gary v with one but uh ronnie who's the owner of Kit, his personal brand is huge and that translates into his uh, business. So, like, you you have to... Because it gets, it gets tough because, I mean, I've experienced that when you're, when you're trying to build something, you know, you're, what you're building, people are associating it with with your name and it's then people start to identify you with that brand and 
some people want to be connected to what they're building. Other people want a little bit of separation. And it seems like you've embraced it and made it your own. Yeah. You know? I think it's very important. I honestly think that it is very important that you do embrace it and really have your, your personal brand needs to reflect your company. I think it's, it doesn't do any harm unless you are just not, not being like responsible of, of who like representing yourself. If you aren't representing yourself well, then obviously don't involve your business with yourself. But if you are, it's only going to provide value to your brand. When when I motive when I try to motivate and inspire people, or just give them a little advice, or or anything, or just make someone laugh, you know, I'll I'll post something stupid here and there, and um, you know, just kind of joke around. That that only helps spice you. Where uh, I think it. It has paid off. I know that it is hard to do your personal brand and your your business at the same time, depending on your business. Everybody's different, um, but I think it's it's important. It's not going to hurt, and I think it could really help if you are able to tell your story effectively, able to. Uh, connect with your customers. You build these connections, and people people buy into you. You know, this is people buy into me when I when I am telling them about my brand and everything. If they just saw spicy on a T-shirt, they might think it's cool, but it has no background, it has no story, um, and I'm able to communicate to that to them. And they are able to connect with a person uh, when the, st- the story might be able to be told through the brand and through the image, which I constantly try to do, as you'll see on my business Instagram. It's, I think it's very professional. It, it tries to have this image of sharp, fresh, and sexy. But that, that's hard to resonate with. You're resonating with an image, whether... But people connect with with people. I think it's I think it's important that you build a personal brand and and have that um, affect your business positively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like it's like you look at you look at Nike. You see the swoosh, and you immediately associate Nike with all of the athletes that represent Nike and the experience that and that's and I'm not sure if you've read the book Shoe Dog but by Phil Knight not yet no I heard it's a good book dude it's awesome and but it basically you know it talks about he had this he had this vision to build a brand around what you feel like when you're scoring a touchdown you're scoring a goal you cross the finish line and it's that feeling and it's not something that just a logo can show. You know, you, you, you make a logo and people say, oh, it's a cool logo, but it's all the story behind it. And, you know, the personal brand, your personal brand and the the spicy logo and the spicy brand really brings it together. And it tells a story exactly how you want it to be 
and how you want to sell yourself and what your mission and vision is. And it kind of brings everything together. So that's something it's, it's pretty unique. You know, it's, it's hard to, hard to nail that down, but that's like the key to strategy right there. Yeah. I think that's what comes back into, you know, having a passion for what you want to do. You won't be able to kind of grow your personal brand or tell that story. If you have no kind of passion for your your business, if it's just a business or it's just a logo, you got to be able to communicate it. You got to believe believe in it a hundred percent and show that and tell people about it. Like like you said with Nike, if if they don't have Phil Knight communicate um, the the meaning behind it, or other people kind of do it for him, which is branding at its best, then Nike is just a squish and no one, I, I don't believe a lot of people would buy into it. You know, it would be hard, it would be very hard without a without a backstory or without uh, people connecting with another person on the meaning behind it. So another thing I want to ask you about is like your creative process with coming out with different lines of of clothing. You know, are you designing the clothing? Is someone doing it for you? Like, how, what is that like? I, I do, I do everything, um, which is something that I haven't, I haven't focused on delegating because of school. It would be very hard to kind of put responsibility in other people's hands when you can't invest your full time of it in it because of school. So, anyway, I, yeah, I design. Um, the clothing, and a lot of the times I'll have the design just in my notebook for a year before I act on it. Um, I had this shirt. I, I started out with a different shirt than the one I'm wearing right now. Uh, uh, people can't see it, but it's the spicy pepper wear um, one that you'll see on my website. And I had this design in my notebook for over a year before I, I produced it. And you know, I have designs for polos. I have designs for jogger shorts and a lot of stuff that I haven't released yet. It's, it takes a while because it's, it's hard to, it, it takes a lot of planning to release something. The whole, the whole manufacturing process comes into play. You need to make sure that your audience wants it, um, you know, at the time. I think, I think the things that I design are, are like, don't don't have a, a lifespan to them. I think they they'll go on forever. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just start sketching. I just I'll just think of something. I'll I think of a product or something that someone wants, and I'll just start sketching. And whether it comes out or not is completely on um, up to really the the customer and kind of what they want and then i'll kind of go back to the drawing board and see what i've done before and and see what works and then then i'll release it so do you do most of your designs like with your hand or do you I, I pencil in in a notebook and i'll just sketch them out and then from there um some i just actually hired an intern and she she does some uh 
like graphic design and she'll do like make it a mock-up um so but yes all from hand to start yeah just from like i've designed a few few logos in the past and i for some reason like i i always like go to go right to photoshop or like illustrator and i try to try to design it out on there really yeah that that tough for me like i'm not i'm honestly not that great with photoshop and illustrator and i think this when i have the the thought in my head to just use a pencil and sketch it out that's that just works best for me yeah i feel that well listen man this was this was great you know thank you so much of course thank you for having me bro so if people want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about what we discussed today or learn a little bit more about Spicy, what's the best way to get in contact with you? You can follow me on all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can type in John King. Um, my Instagram is at Spicy John. My business page is at Spicy Wear. You can Google search Spicy Wear, and I'll, my website will come up. My Instagram will come up. Um, Feel free to reach out to me whenever if you are interested in a product, if you see something on my Instagram that you like. And uh, yeah, just feel free to reach out to me. Go to my website, spicywearclothing.com, S-P-I-C-Y-W-E-A-R-C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G.com. Sounds good, man. This is good. Thank you, bro. John King and his clothing brand, Spicy Wear, exemplify what it means to be gritty and curious. He is gritty because he's committed to building people's confidence through clothing. He's finding a way to make his business happen, even under times of extreme uncertainty with the whole COVID-19 pandemic. And he is determined to grow Spicy to become a national brand. He is curious because he's constantly thinking about new designs. He's experimenting with different marketing techniques and social platforms. And he is changing his business strategy to meet consumer needs. If you're interested in learning more about Spicywear or checking out their products, check out the website spicywearclothing.com or their Instagram at spicywear. You can also hit up John if you want to pick his brain about entrepreneurship, starting your own business, or just to chat. He said that he'd be happy to help anybody out. Just reach out to him on Instagram, spicyjohn underscore. Anyway, this has been the Gritty and Curious podcast, the podcast that showcases Gritty and Curious ideas and people. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd be the best if you subscribed, followed, left a rating, and wrote a quick review. By doing these things, you let me know that you were listening, and it inspires me to keep putting out content. So thank you. You can get every episode of Gritty and Curious wherever you listen to your podcasts and on my website, grittyandcurious.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.